Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Marvel Guys podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan, and I am joined here by someone who hated John Walker way before it was cool to do so. How are we feeling today? Uh, pretty good, man. Not not too bad. It's uh, I thought you were gonna go a different direction with that. Skirt. But uh, see, I was under the impression that it would be some kind of bracket joke. Oh, why would you say that, Spencer? Is there something that we have going on? Ah, there it is. But yeah, I mean, NCAA bracket is going on right now. The the tournament. Um, I thought about it. I wasn't and sure I what was, was going actually, on with your bracket. I was actually the one person in, I think, our friend group that didn't have one, didn't create one. So I thought you were going to lead That's in with issue. like a whole thing of like, oh, I'm joined by the guy who has the perfect bracket yeah, in the country no, no because busted I didn't bracket do it. Here. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we're doing something fun. Uh, we've worked on it or workshopped it for a little bit now. And with the you know excitement of the NCAA tournament, here uh if whether you're a sports fan or not you know you know somebody who is the fun exciting nature of the tournament is that it's one versus one anything goes and then at the end of the day there's one winner so we thought it would be really fun to do an ncaa tournament style bracket for the best mcu movies released so far we can start doing this as a yearly thing an update based on new movies that come out Maybe we'll get to 68 teams yeah. or movies like they have now in basketball. But right. Um, right now, we will release the bracket on our uh, Facebook page. And I will have poll options for you to decide which one you prefer. And the winner for that series will go on to the next round and so on until we have a champion. So I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, this is going to be our recap show of the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So we wanted to make sure anybody that's listening knows if you go onto the Marvel Guys Facebook page, there is a way to vote for your favorite movie uh, against another movie. So you guys will be voting. We're not going to vote. In the next episode, you will hear all our um, opinion, our, our vote, and we'll we'll do our own little brackets personally. So you just let us know in the comments what you're thinking, and then please do vote because your vote is one, and every one counts as much as every other one. Yeah, and I think it's really awesome to see how how much engagement they're actually getting from the Facebook. So, like, man, uh, this is, like, surreal so like appreciative for all the people all that like the page and interact with us it's awesome uh because i would have never imagined us really reaching that many people that's that's crazy super fortunate for everybody it's a lot of fun and if you're listening to this and um you're not sure what we're talking about marvel guys on uh facebook that is where you can find us and yeah we're just having a lot of fun so come join the party and we will we'll get into you know your favorite disney plus series here falcon and the winter soldier um we're gonna go through a lot of the episode and kind of break down our thoughts 
and then we will um you know just kind of wrap up what we thought of the episode as a whole or things that uh stood out to us so mm-hmm. there's a lot going on in this episode uh, but it was very much a setup episode so uh, a lot of things that are coming in the future this is probably the first step towards those uh, before we step into it was there anything that stood out, stood out to you as a whole as maybe where this series is going um actually it, it seems like just from uh and, and we'll get to this when the time comes but there's a a hint in the end credits as to a another character that is not even been talked about and i don't think anyone saw coming uh for this series um and i think that's kind of strange uh you know zemo's still out there and yeah there's so many things actually going on that i didn't really think about until the I, I saw the episode for a second time when i went back and watched it the second time i was like wow like i don't know there's it's still kind of up in the air but i think episode one what i really liked about it is that it was very uh like grounded and kind of based in like emotion more than more than i, I thought it would yeah I think uh, I agree with a lot of that. It's it's very grounded. It's person-to-person dialogue more so than you're used to from an MCU movie. Uh, so let's let's get into it kind of scene by scene, and we'll we'll give our thoughts, and, and hopefully you guys will share yours um, on Facebook as well. So we started the show. Uh, immediately, everybody's always like, what's the first scene going to be? I made a little joke that, like, mm. let's turn the sound up because I have a feeling it's going to be very quiet. Uh, and I was very right because he was ironing. <laughs> yes. Uh, Falcon uh, Sam was was ironing, and I thought that what a, what a great way to start a series, right? Like you expect something big, exciting, and he's ironing. Right. He's ironing. Um, <laughs> iron. Hmm. Uh, right. <laughs> so right. Sam hears Captain America telling him that the the shield is his, and uh, he's also hearing himself say it's not it doesn't feel like mine and so that was really the very first thing they gave us and i think that sets the tone because that is the conflict that sam is going to be going through through this entire series so they put it there for a reason it's the very first scene sam is unsure if he's worthy of this of the shield he even if he's not necessarily worried about being worthy he's not sure if he can handle the responsibility uh, Steve was such a perfect Captain America. So just like anybody else is starting a new job, he was just like, you know what? I don't know if I'm ready for this. Right. And I think that one thing that I, I kind of thought about for, for just a, like, as we were, as you were just talking is like the one thing I didn't really account for. And I should have known is this shield is not, the shield is not the exact same one. The shield is definitely like a lot different. And there's potential that the shield that was given to him might not be. I think we covered this, I think, in our preview of episode one. But I think that the uh, potential is there that this shield that was given to him was actually not made of vibranium. 
and I and I do kind of maybe think that this could be where adamantium kind of comes in because the shield is definitely different like it's not so much in like design that it's different but there's like little little things in within the design that are just t like a tad bit different so to like the naked eye it looks the exact same but um yeah as far as like sam's emotions in the scene i think it's kind of cool because like you said it's starting off quiet almost immediately dictates some kind of emotion going on within the character or some kind of conflict going on within a character and you kind of got that sense from Endgame when you see him take the shield but at the same time when we when we leave off with him he says thanks like thank you and he's holding the shield as if you know I'm gonna wear this and I, this is gonna be part of me now but here we are you know I would assume a few months later because I'm pretty sure that I think it's revealed later but I think that this series actually picks up a little bit before the Spider-Man movie so there's been some time in between in-game and this so uh, that'll be interesting to see when exactly this this timeline is it's something yeah. we discussed beforehand right um, so Iron Man as I was kind of referring to earlier, felt like where we were in the second scene. Um, the first Iron Man where, you know, you got military stuff going on, there's rockets being shot everywhere, missiles, whatever. It was pretty cool. Basically, we go straight to Sam in a mission in Tunisia. He's in an airplane, kind of like Cap. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's kind of his mentor. Um, he's talking to the guy and falcons basically like one in in one ear out the other i got it just like jumps out yeah, <laughs> you know like yeah. the parachute is never needed of course uh and they said uh i can't remember the exact words but it was like be low-key and all and you know yeah. he flies out and all of a sudden he's got these huge wings um so yeah immediately we got a really fun exciting chase scene through the air uh almost star warsian uh in the way that they were navigating through the rocks and it was it was really cool and it showed off it showed off a lot of falcon's abilities that we haven't seen yet and so that was a lot of fun his his wings were really malleable moving around blocking bullets flying uh, doing all kinds of things for him and so we finally got to explore his powers a little bit and his you know his tech abilities i guess i should say and he looked like a very formidable hero um not necessarily a sidekick anymore Right, and it was like you said, it was very much like Iron Man, uh, like that the, that entire battle sequence was was very much like an Iron Man movie. But I wanted to point out too, and I wouldn't have noticed this until I watched it the second time was, and it's because of what you know as you get to the end of the episode, uh, and just how his character's been treated throughout the course of the first episode um one thing i noticed is when we so the enemy that he's fighting is actually batrock uh played by gsp um 
which is awesome that he's back in the MCU. I was I was kind of geeked that he was back into the MCU, but uh, what do we know about Batrock in the MCU so far is that he was kind of playing both sides in that the Winter Soldier movie is where we first discover that Hydra has been secretly working in the shield and like those whole everything's kind of planted based off of that but Batrock's playing both sides of the of the war between both so when you take that info into consideration into this scene and where the episode goes it kind of seems as though and it seems also like Torres might be in it the guy the uh the soldier who's supposed to be helping him in that mission um it it just kind of seems like this was a mission that he wasn't supposed to succeed in like he wasn't supposed to save this captain he was actually supposed to fail and maybe so that would be where he would become a scapegoat or that would be because he failed the mission this would be where the government would pull the plug on him or move on from him in some way because it's almost as if and that's exactly the theme that you get throughout the episode is that the government really didn't want him to begin with so uh yeah i thought that was very interesting i would have i wouldn't have really picked that up from this opening fight scene fight sequence until i saw it the second time because once you get through the this first episode you kind of understand what's going on with sam and the dynamic and then when you go back and watch this scene you're like oh yeah like my eyes were opened to that whole thing but um yeah it was such an awesome scene to see him Uh, we've never really seen sam like that because he's never had an extended battle sequence in the mcu to this point the only time he really did was when him and Bucky both got beat by Spider-Man. Right. You know? Right. So it was cool. He he was pulling out some really cool stuff. Um, he's really quiet on top of being fast. Ooh. So. One thing that we both noticed, actually, is that he was killing people. Yeah. He was he was exploding people and throwing them into the ground, and, and helicopters were flying. And it's kind of hard to avoid when you have heavy machinery. It's mm-hmm. like almost a... A given that somebody's going down but but even like spider-man would like tie his people up so you know they don't um, fall or something or iron man would use some you know thing to catch them mm-hmm. along the way and parachute them or something uh but yeah he had like he was just looked like the military out there just like doing his job right you know, fulfilling a mission uh, and it is kind of interesting that he would immediately go right back to like being a soldier like that's all he knows right right so makes sense. Um, once he takes care of all this stuff, you know, whatever, he takes care of the mission. Uh, Fabrock gets away, barely. And once the mission is over, Torres and him are off in Tunisia. And we see him working on Red Wing, mm-hmm. which is, you know, his little compatriot, um, his sidekick, so to speak. And so from that we get that he's doing the tech in his you know world now maybe he got stark technology we were told that 
And so now he's kind of worked his way to be able to navigate through the, the maintenance of it. So uh, in the future, maybe he'll be a little bit more, you know, looked at as sciencey because he's mm-hmm. kind of like played the dumb guy up to now, but he's showing some, some intelligence inherently just by doing that. Yeah, for sure. And I think what's really interesting too is that Torah is, is trying to like offer a helping hand like he kind of knows what's up to with the tech that he's using um which points to something that i put together once again second watch but this re- this refers to what i saw in the end in credit scene or not in credit scene but the in credits uh like pictures that they were using um torres his character in the comics actually becomes the new Falcon, which is interesting because in that scene, yeah, he's like offering to help or like trying to give some advice to Sam on how to fix Red Wing. And Sam's like, nah, I got this. Like, I appreciate it, but I got this. And, um, yeah, I, I thought that was, that was really interesting. Um, and honestly, it was until I saw what I saw that I was like, wait, oh, but, um, yeah, I think this is, uh, we're going in a pretty weird direction from the, like, get-go because of that. This next scene was really sad, um, annoying. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't like uh, seeing Sam basically give up what steve had trusted him with i I understand his decision and i think you you were a little bit less understanding than i was initially because i i get it like he he feels like it's better to give it to traditionally a historical facility the smithsonian and offer it to them as this is a piece of history i don't necessarily want it nor do i think anybody needs it right now so with that said Rhodey talks to him he's in the press conference with falcon and he basically they walk through the museum segment um or section sorry where they go through the history of captain america and and bucky barnes and we get some heart to heart between you know two avengers and he's skeptical as to you know why he was doing it and i think it's interesting because roadie's the most government you know governmental avenger but even he turned his back on shield and the government uh for you know the vigilantes of mm-hmm. the group at one point so even he was like are you sure that's the, this is the right thing to do i have a theory on that i'd like to hear it um so he's getting his own show and we were kind of talking this talking about this like literally right before we got on but like i got a sense of disappointment in his voice in sam that he would just give up the shield like that and i think that that stems from roadie possibly being treated the same way like it's possible that the that the war machine series kind of picks up with him 
you know, maybe having access to Stark tech and then the government coming in and saying, no, you don't have access to that anymore because Tony Stark's dead. And it's like, well, I'm his right hand man. And they're just like, nah, you know. And so I think he kind of understands this and understands maybe what they're doing and what they will eventually do if he was to give it up. So he's disappointed because, you know, I mean, that would be like, it's very, very much like if I entrusted you with something before I died and then like you put it in a museum or something or like you did something else with it and I specifically gave it to you it's for a it big to be deal. yours. Yeah. It's a huge deal. It's like somebody in a smaller sense, you give something to somebody and then they sell it for money yeah. and keep the money. And it's like, right. well, that wasn't the point. Right. You know, but, but being a friend to that person, you gave it to them as a gift and they now have ownership and can do what it, they what can they do want with, with they it. Want. And if the, maybe they were desperate and they needed the money. Yeah. That's so the like there, that's why there's like this side where I'm like, being Captain America is really hard. And it, just because you own a shield doesn't make you Captain America. But he might have seen that shield as like, this is a life that I can't even, I don't want to be this. It's, it's you know, being uh, Michael Jordan's son. Or being LeBron James' son. You know, like, those are massive shoes that you're, <laughs> literally, but like, those are massive shoes that you have to, that you're expected to like fill basically like you're supposed to be the next big thing and when the expectation is set that high of course you're gonna fail and I think especially in in the superhero side of things the expectation of failure is the worst thing for heroes to face so i think for sam in that aspect it's like well why would i want to put that level of expectation on myself if i don't have to and then i can just kind of do what i'm used to doing still saving the world still being a hero but not having all of these eyeballs on me all the time because i'm expected to be the next cap maybe like i can give him that for sure all theories matter, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, whatever, right. whatever you may think, we're all thinking, you know, we're all trying to figure this thing out. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a burden, you know, mm-hmm. it's burden to hand. It's a burden yeah, to hand, a, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and <laughs> now the government has two in the bush. So exactly. Exactly. It's, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, I guess from that scene, what I take away is that I think it's Rhodey going, I, I understand, but I still think you're wrong mm-hmm. is where I went with that. Um, so as where they kind of lulled us to sleep with some Bucky stuff or sorry, some Sam stuff, uh, all of a sudden here comes winter soldier. I mm-hmm. mean, he's firing. Yeah. And not Bucky. I was so entranced by the, the Sam stuff that I was like, immediately I was like, well, there's Bucky, and you're like, that's not Bucky. That's <laughs> <laughs> not Bucky. You know? <laughs> like, that's no dolphin. Yeah, that's um, no dolphin. <laughs> it was the Winter Soldier. It was a flashback. 
yeah um he was like kind of infiltrating this hotel and killing people and you know doing what the, winter soldier does the biggest clues for me uh, right off the bat was the mask the long hair and the, the star yeah it's like what gave it away right? <laughs> right away right away as soon as i saw the star i was like wait yeah this it is didn't a look like the vibranium you know uh material Mm-hmm. And I mean, he was just doing a number on these guys, and then he shoots and kills the the final guy that was you know left. And uh, as soon as the gun goes off, well, we assume he kills. He might have missed. Who knows? But <laughs> no, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, right. Nope. <laughs> it's uh, him. He There's wakes no up just like you know, uh, a, what melatonin commercial? You know, he wakes oh, up in a panic. Yeah, yeah right. Um. And we realize he's been having nightmares. Mm-hmm. And I think he's been having nightmares his entire you know, life at this point. Mm-hmm. And we go straight to him in therapy. And this is something that we talked about before in our preview show that we were kind of proud about. It, maybe it was obvious, maybe. But yeah. he's truly in therapy. He's trying to figure out a way. Now, I will, with the caveat... This is a requirement by the government, we found out, mm-hmm. for him to not be imprisoned, basically. Yeah, um, he doesn't want to That be he there. goes to therapy. Yes, he's yeah. resistant to the therapy, but he is talking. Right. He, he's expressing that, I'm having these nightmares. I don't know what to do. I'm never going to be happy. He's very open to the possibility that this may help him. And he's met with somebody who feels like she's trying to help, but also is like an incredible cynic. And even mentioned incredible cynic. So it was really funny scene because it was Bucky. Um, It's like human. If anybody has like a little brother that like doesn't want to tag along to something, the way they act and the questions that they give you, like he was acting in that way and just trying to give her the answers kind of that she wants, but also opening up a little. So this was a really cool scene because it broke down I mean, we go straight from Winter Soldier to, like, Bucky in therapy. How far, you know, apart can you get? For sure. I thought, what I thought was really funny and why I just laughed right now is I I thought of, like, the whole thing when when she starts writing on the notepad and he's like, oh, here we go, the notebook. Like, that to me reminds me of, like, you – watching me take pickles off my Popeye's sandwich. Like I was disappointed. You, you, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, here we go again with the pickles. Yeah. Like <laughs> opens opens journal, yeah. writes something in yeah. pen, blue yeah. ink. Exactly. Uh red ink. Red ink probably. The red ink is a Yeah, trigger. that's the bad that's a, that's a trigger right off the bat. If you see someone with a red pen and like, wait, what are you doing with that? it's it's interesting because if you if i spelled this episode out to you and i didn't tell you anything but what was happening Mm -hmm. you would probably not put comedy scene bucky in therapy (laughs) you know you'd think it was like sad talking about cap by the way he really didn't even talk much about steve Mm -hmm. this was an introspective it was very much um, about him yes which is awesome which is good because and this is maybe partially what we were talking about like Bucky, as much as he loved Steve, they didn't have like a super close relationship at the end. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think he so much was sad to see Cap go as he was just to see somebody that he knew leave his life again. 
I think it, it it's very much representative of the times though too that they grew up in, because while you can be close with someone, uh, and it sounds very like uh, dark, but like the expectation, even though you're close to somebody like that, is that they'll probably die soon, and you're probably gonna be on your own. So kind of like live your life like that, and so when Bucky leaves like Steve is obviously different because Steve is just a different human being like we knew that from the get-go but in Bucky's sense every scene that you saw him in when he was like James Buchanan Barnes like not even close to being in the military yet those scenes he was very like come as you go like very like leisurely like not taking things too serious uh, which kind of gives that indication. And I think that he's also in this state where he knows things aren't right. He doesn't want to be there. Um, but he, I think he's starting to open up to it. He's like one of those people who has the internal struggle. So you never see it until they decide eventually that like, oh, okay. And it takes a while, but I think right now on the inside, I think he's finally kind of maybe opening up to like, you know what? This actually helps. Maybe I can actually get back to like a sense of normalcy in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And almost in reverse therapy, um, we see him shortly thereafter uh, talking to Nakajima got the name right right mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and it, that's an older man that's in his neighborhood actually i think in the same building yeah uh, that lives nearby and he was listening to a story about uh his son and the longer oh. and i'm not sure where to go with this because i don't know if he already knew this is the case um or he was just learning at that moment it was really hard to tell based on his emotion because mm-hmm. he is very emotionless. But what did, what did you take from that? That this was a guy that he sought out or that he is happens to be living near that he just realized I've killed this guy's son. Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think, uh, because that's from my what favorite we ice saw, cream order. A little <laughs> bit of both. A little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, uh, because early on in the scene, he just shows up at the bar and they're kind of relating to each other because they're old. Like Bucky's actually like 100 years old. So like the things that Nakajima is talking about and referencing, like he knows exactly what's up. Like they're talking about Pinochle or whatever. And like the bartender says something, Aaliyah, right? Yeah. She says something kind of snarky about Pinochle and he's like, what's wrong with Pinochle? Like, you're not expecting somebody who looks like they're 30 to say that. Like, that's definitely an old man's game. And uh, so, once again, I mean, it it just shows that, like, though he's been uh, shown to us as, like, this emotionless being, he very much has a lot of emotions going on. A lot of emotions. Like, he can be funny. He can be, like, he can show that, like, sad, depressing side of him. Uh which once again, like 
massive props to Sebastian Stan. He's to me, I think, I, I think this show's only going to elevate him as far as the MCU's casting is concerned. Cause I think they 1 million percent got him right. Like he's perfect for the role. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I think we'll see that a lot more going forward. But with Nakajima, I think the reason I say both is I think you kind of have a say in where you live. You're not just put next to somebody for a reason. So, like, he's, I think he was kind of seeking that out because he had the nightmare about killing his son. And that's I think that that's true. triggered. I think that that's triggered because he knows that he killed someone that was innocent that wasn't on the hit like he he definitely killed the person that was on his hit but he also took an innocent life in the process and hmm. yeah. so yeah i think that he's really having a hard time with that and so i think that's why he moved in because he's like well this therapy's helping me but how can i like amplify it so that i don't have to do it anymore I'm going to just confront myself with what's really at my, what's really eating at me. So I'm going to live next to the guy and yeah. I'm going to get close to him I'm and then, kill him. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And yeah, it, it's obvious that he's established a relationship with this guy because he just, you know, they become their, their friends. You can tell right from the get go. Like, and, uh, very interesting scene. I thought it was uh, kind of cool that they played that Winter Soldier music as uh, it's not really music. It's more like a soundscape, but uh, of like shrills and, and really cool effects, but like echoey shrills, I guess. Um, yeah, I thought it was very interesting that they played that music and they didn't stop until he closes his eyes. I think that's kind of a, an interesting choice there. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking way too deep into like production or, or uh, writing or whatever, but like, I thought that was really neat because it's almost as if like, as Nakajima is talking, he's having that flashback again. And he's like trying to find a way out of escaping it so that he doesn't like go crazy or something in public. So he just closes his eyes and it goes away. And through the therapy, we learned that he's in a similar process to like AA where there's a certain amount of steps he has to do to complete his journey to peace. Mm -hmm. And one of those steps is pretty much telling the family member or the, you know, somebody close to that person that he killed or about the situation. Well, it's not that it's more along the lines of former people that work for Hydra that know him as the winter soldier. Yeah. And well, ultimately his path is to get forgiveness and let everybody know that this is not me anymore. Exactly. And I guess the way that he's doing that is in kind of the only way he knows how, like super <laughs> abrasive. And he's like scaring people while he does it. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, his, his journey is going to be hard. <laughs> yeah. For I don't sure. know if he's even going to complete it by the end of this show, but we'll kind of see 
where he's at with this thing. But I'm very intrigued to see his story moving forward. Just like Sam, it's it's very intricate. Uh, but we get we get to dive into uh, Falcon's story a little bit more here because we soon meet Falcon's family and his sister. He goes back home and we find out that they had uh, a fishing business and now not so much. They don't really have anything. And she's thinking about selling uh, the boat and, you know, I think it was a truck or something. But things that go along with the business that would just give them money to live at the time. Yeah. And Falcon is doing okay with money. Uh, He didn't really hint as to where he's getting it. But, you know, you can speculate. And he's basically telling her, as he's told her for a long time, it seems, let me help but she doesn't want his money. So she does let him try to help gather her alone. And so in that time, we're basically experiencing real life outside of the superhero world. So, you know, it's not all rainbows and sunshine. As, you know, we found that out in Sokovia. We went back mm-hmm. to Sokovia and found out how much disaster has been laid, not at the hands of the Avengers, but uh, in part because of how awesome they are, <laughs> as, yeah, as right. uh, like Iron Man would put it. But yeah, we're getting a taste of there's a lot of people, including these Avengers families, who are struggling financially. Mm-hmm. And the reality of it is unfortunate and it relates a lot to the real world. So one thing that I kind of noticed, I think Sam's kind of letting on more than we know. Like he's not, I don't think he's doing that well. Um, financially speaking, actually, because, uh, if he was, you would almost, and it's not even a thing. I think if he, if he was, you would almost be expecting him to be driving a different type of truck, right? Like if he's doing well financially, you're you know, and he's an Avenger and all this stuff, you'd be expecting him to drive like a you know, twenty twenty Silverado, or or something like that. And instead, he's driving like a, you know, nineties Dodge Ram truck. <laughs> so like, um, and maybe he's just frugal. <laughs> I don't know, right. but you know, um, I I also think that that kind of plays into something else with this like socioeconomic developing story that we get into but i think it's just more aligned more along the lines of him being like you know what no i got this even though he really doesn't because he's always kind of forced himself into that mentality of you know what you do have this like you you can do this and he you know he's one of those people that's optimistic within you know the the circumstances more than most would be and you see that too because his sister's very pessimistic with with she's real she's not out fighting aliens she's she's dealing with the everyday rigors of life right and he doesn't necessarily have to deal with that because even though he's not super he's been given this this responsibility it's almost like being an nfl player you have these expectations Mm -hmm. that are really like god level like mm-hmm. crazy you put your body through that and it's the same reality for the avengers but at the end of the day they do get to go home and get taken care of because they are avengers mm-hmm. but i think the debate would be 
Is he being paid by S.H.I.E.L.D.? Is he being paid by the government? Or maybe was he being paid by Tony? And if Tony was paying him, he left it to Pepper, so I'm sure she would still try to take care of him. But without Tony, I think the board of directors would make it a little bit diff- you know, difficult uh, much so. for them to just be throwing out money like that mm-hmm. to people that they, they care about. But there, there's a, a conversation to be had there. Um, we're, we're just kind of going back and forth now. Uh, they, they gave us a lot of Sam, a lot of Bucky, and then now we're back to Bucky and Leah on their little date at the bar. And they are talking about, or she brings up Nakajima and the story and, you know, the son and all that. And Bucky's like, come on, man. Like, right. I'm just trying to have fun, to have time. a night out, get mm-hmm. to know you, or maybe they're on their 12th date. We're not really sure at this point. But um, he was just wanting to make conversation and talk to her. And he was opening up a little bit, but letting her do the most of the talking. And then he just, like, gets sick to his stomach, and he's he can't take it anymore. And so he leaves, and he goes off to – Nakajima's room knocks on the door and of course everybody's like is he gonna tell him that he murdered his son um and of course he didn't that would have been a little too soon but he opens the door to see not a shrine but a memorial Mm -hmm. to the son that he he did kill and you know if he wasn't a hundred percent sure yet he's very sure now but we find out that he just wanted to pay him for, you know, the meal that he had. So yeah, there's more to it. Well, of course, yeah, like but he, ultimately that's all he did. He left to see him. Yeah. He left to specifically go. And I think his intentions and initially when he knocks on the door, I think his intentions are to tell him that he killed his son. But he becomes overwhelmed with the situation that he doesn't. So he just kind of panics and oh, saying, totally oh, agree. I I just, but I do think that it was. I will say that I do think it is him and Leah's first date, because he walks in with roses, and he gives it to her, and she says something like, "If that's not the most like you know, nicest thing, sure. not like the nicest thing, but like the most like old school type thing that a guy's done." So I think it was. She made fun of the fact that he's like wearing gloves all the time, and. That sparks a whole other thing, too, is, like, if you had a metal arm, would you walk around wearing gloves all the time and long sleeves? I mean, like, I don't know. Like, maybe it's more that he is the Winter Soldier, and he's known for that, that he's wearing the gloves. Or, I don't know. I'm so kind of... There's so much that we haven't seen from Bucky still that kind of just makes you wonder what his like thought processes on things like maybe he looks at the arm and he's just like disappointed because of what his past life was so that he just covers it for himself more than anything or maybe he knows that people knows like know that if they see his arm they'll be like oh that's the winter soldier uh that's a good point i didn't think about that i mean i i think winter soldier is not like i think that's part of the reality we're in where like these people know who these people are but it's not relevant to their daily lives yeah it's almost like you know when you have like presidency coming up it it is very relevant 
in the macro, you know, worldview, but we're just out here living day to day. Like if there was Avengers fighting in Sokovia, mm-hmm. uh, what are we going to do? You know, <laughs> not go to the store because yeah, maybe something will be dropped on us. Like I need cereal, man. I have to go, you know, yeah. I have to work. I, I know there's some crazy cool thing going on. You know, I'm really poor. The Super Bowl's on. Uh, I have a job, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the reality for a lot of these people is it's the similarity of I need to work. I need to live. I need to, you know, take care of my family. But you know, so maybe winter soldiers, like not even really in their brains. I don't know. know. You know, what's interesting about that though, is as much as that relates to the people in the, the world that we see, it also relates to Bucky because like when we have something like traumatic happen to us in our lives and like, everyone's telling you oh take some time off of work to focus on yourself or whatever your first inclination after like one week is to just go right back to work because you don't know what to do with that time that you have right and if anything that might be affecting you negatively if you let it and if you're not taking the right steps to get over that trauma which is exactly where bucky's at but what happens more often than not is when you only take that one week off and you're not doing this proper steps to kind of cope with the trauma that you just went through and you go straight back into work right you're yep yep exactly so as much as it relates to the people within the world it also relates to him as well which is interesting and that is kind of where we leave off with bucky for the week and you know we'll find out plenty more but we focus back on sam and you know he's with his family uh they're trying to sell plates to get by mm-hmm. plates of food and look pretty good. <laughs> Not um, yeah, it did look good. He wanted to secure her the loan, as I talked about earlier. So he convinces her to go down to a bank and, you know, there's some comedy of like, I'm an Avenger, you know, he, he's trying yeah. to schmooze the guy. And we got a little bit of reality in there where, He's like, how do you make money? Yeah. <laughs> you don't make any money. and But he's been gone for five years. And mm-hmm. the bank was like, I don't care. You don't have income. Exactly. And so he told us, like, there's millions of people trying to secure loans right now. Why should I give any money to you? Mm-hmm. And so that gives us a look into all these economic issues that we've talked about before are being, you know, they're there. They're being acknowledged is where I was going. It's very much it's a reality. Real, yeah, it's very much reality. Because so if the same thing happened in real in real life, sure. you'd have the exact same repercussions. Yeah, and there's almost no way to like go back to normal. Mm. So everybody needs like think about all the monies in the world spread out among half the people in the world and then all of a sudden, oh wait, never mind. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um so uh, in short they didn't get the loan. Right. And he's not happy about it, but he says, I'm going to go to every bank in this place and I'm going to mm-hmm. get a loan. She's like, she's like, you don't get it. You know, this is, this is my reality and mm-hmm. I, I need to do what I need to do ultimately. Right. So that, that's kind of where we leave off with, um, Sam and Bucky in their, their family and their, you know, local area. That was the the depths that we got to in week one. And then we kind of get back to some superhero stuff. Mm. So Torres, who we mentioned earlier, had 
talked about the Flag Smashers with Sam initially, and now he's infiltrated them somewhat. He's like there as a part of their crew uh, at a Swiss bank, mm-hmm. and a robbery is taking place, and you're kind of like, okay, there's like, what, a few of them? There's like five. All of a sudden, like everybody starts putting yeah. masks on <laughs> and running around, and, and it's almost like the bank was in on it too, and like, mm-hmm. so basically these duffel bags get thrown down they're full of money everybody's got these masks they're flag smashers they're there to cause chaos torres is looking around and torres then kind of flips the script then he goes into like like you're coming with me kind of a mode like yeah Yeah. which is so stupid that was a terrible plan because there's so many of them surrounding yes absolutely and you know he but you know he had the like the mind of the military he's gonna get the mission done and he ends up getting stomped out by a dude that looks massive yeah and is every bit as strong as he looks and more so which superhuman. hinted at superhuman strength because the way he just threw him around like we're talking about a soldier yeah. getting just thrown around and then when he stomps on his face you know yes that's going to hurt somebody but he leaves like a boot mark <laughs> yeah you know yeah. like it went into his face hard and so immediately i think we both went that's not normal. <laughs> That's not normal. <laughs> so not sure who that is. Not sure how relevant he is, to be honest. He may have just been a strong, you know, arm of the, the Flag Smashers. But I don't know. Did, did you take from it that that guy's important? Yeah, uh, because two things pointed out that he's important to me. Uh, number one, when you first see him, you... You hear, once again, you hear that shrilly echo sound that's become synonymous with the Winter Soldier. When you first see him, it's like that sound, that soundscape hits for like maybe a second or two. But it's an indication, nonetheless. And another thing, too, the other thing that made it seem important is that when we look back at Civil War and the Winter Soldier movies... um. We know that there's more super soldier serum out there. And we also know that there's more super soldiers out there, just like Bucky. So there's potential that this guy's one of them. Uh, or, you know, maybe the Flag Smashers got a hold of the super soldier serum. Oh, like one bag of it and created one or what have you. But he's definitely one of them, I think. I definitely see him as being someone who had access to that super soldier serum because there's more of it laying around for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, he just looked huge. Yeah. and I mean, that was the entire premise of Civil War was Bucky killed Tony's parents to secure more super soldier serum. So, and then, um, they created more. Well, but yeah, Zemo took care of that. Zemo, um, in a way, Zemo's like the biggest superhero of all. He stopped the world from having a dozen or so uh, super soldiers or winter soldiers. Yes. Winter Um, soldiers. But the, the idea though, is that there's still, Sure. Soldier serum floating around. I mean, why wouldn't there be, right? right? It's not like the government doesn't stop making things that are yeah. awesome and incredible <laughs> and yeah. 
So it's it's a given that it's somewhere on there. I mean, how much money is being spent every year on the on the military? Oh my gosh, it's insane. And so we didn't really get into like the the girl that's you know seems like the leader of the flag smashers. We're not really no, gonna yeah. talk about her because she, she had, wasn't really relevant in this not, episode. No. You could so, tell she was kind of like the leader. Yeah, and but. we'll get more into her later. Obviously, from the trailer we see. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that leads us to Torres alerting Sam about this uh, issue. The flag smashers seem to be growing. Mm-hmm. Dude smashed my face. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, this guy was different. And Sam pauses for a moment and he's like, it's not, you know, that he gave that kind of look. Mm-hmm. And immediately you thought Bucky or Winter Soldier um i i could see that i could also see perhaps something in the future that he already knows about that we haven't found out about but uh yeah but sam knows now so that may be where he goes the next episode uh you know leaving off this episode there's only one thing left to discuss and so i think sam is going to perhaps intercept the flag smashers and maybe that's where we'll get the two of them to show up i think the reason I think he was thinking of maybe Bucky is because he's been texting him and Bucky's not been replying. Maybe that's why. That's what, that's the only reason that I thought it would be him. He ain't got Wi-Fi. Right. He ain't got Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, yeah, and there's a flip phone that Bucky had, right, when he was making Yeah, it was a flip phone, Yeah, which is the most common thing. Yeah, that's I mean, just like normal. Steve Rogers was given a flip exactly. phone. Right? <laughs> uh, flip phones and pagers. Yeah. Avengers – Flip phones and pagers. Uh, so we left off at the end with Sam watching the TV. And I think it was a sister that goes, hey, mm. look at this. Yeah. yeah. And he sees a press conference um, with, uh, I don't know if they announced that, Attorney General, Secretary of Defense, like something, yeah. something in that ballpark in Washington. He's not they, Ross, but he's like close. Yeah. They <laughs> announce... We America needs a new hero. America mm-hmm. needs unity. America needs the next Captain America, you know. And so Blobfish comes out. <laughs> Blobfish. Oh. This guy does not look like Chris Evans, nor does he look like any kind of Avenger. Mm-hmm. The helmet's a little bit too big for his head. The suit doesn't fit him. The shield looks too big. And you notice something that I didn't notice immediately. He has a gun on his hip. A gun. A gun. Captain America has not rocked the gun since World War Two. That's a long time ago. Probably most appropriate for a hero to have a gun. <laughs> and there was a war. It was a war. You know? Exactly. So that's a different Captain America. This this guy is going to be manipulated into the homes of every American. And I don't know. We will see where we go from here. But I think you have some ideas. <laughs> One thing that pointed out that should have been evidently clear is he winked who else winked that was deceitful agatha harkness ah she did you like, think that's what? something there? That, that if you wink <laughs> don't wink the rock winks too <laughs> don't wink man if you wink you're, you're sus you're gonna get ejected <laughs> you're well, gonna get I- voted off if you wink I mean, it's kind of sad that they gave him the shield. Sam is taken aback. He's ticked mm. off. He's, oh, yeah. he's upset. And that's where we leave, you know, the the episode. And so 
you notice something in the credits that you yeah, hinted yeah, at yeah. earlier. Um, so they show like these little things like the, you know, uh, it's like the posters or whatever. One of them said Power Broker is watching or something like that. And the Power Broker in Marvel Comics is, uh, what's his name? Carlin. Uh, George? No, not George Carlin. <laughs> I'm going to, you know what? We have had such trouble with names. Carlin Malice. That's what his name is. Um, the reason he's significant is because this is the guy, the and when he works for the Power Broker Inc. in the comics, he is the guy that gives Torres the Falcon power, like the, the power to become Falcon and like helps him tra- like transition into being the new Falcon, which is interesting. But he's also, uh, I think, one of the Carnages at some point in in the comics um which is very very interesting so i'm hoping maybe we get to see this character at some point they wouldn't put that in the end credit if they didn't if they weren't going to point lead to that at at some point um it's worth mentioning for sure we'll see where it goes for sure um i'm really excited for the next episode we're gonna you know figure out more about this this captain america guy you know Mm-hmm. And that's going to be probably the focus. I'm guessing next episode we'll see that like football game and propaganda. Maybe, and Yeah, maybe we'll see that. And I think maybe we'll see Zemo for the first time. Maybe. I, I feel like he's going to present himself once we see the two of them together. Because mm-hmm. it's funny, like it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's not Falcon with the Winter Soldier. But we right. all assume based on the credits that they were just like, bouncing around buddy cop style <laughs> and it's not it's nothing it's not. like that they both are having their own journeys mm-hmm. but we want we're only one episode in so which i got... think is interesting too because when we get to want when we watched wandavision it was mostly wanda's story yeah falcon and winter soldiers very much both of their stories simultaneously which is awesome for sure and a lot more to come mm-hmm. there's six episodes so uh we're only one down still yeah. plenty of time so excited for episode two yeah and it's coming out soon obviously and uh, we will keep you guys posted. We'll be posting that bracket on the Facebook page. So please do interact with it. The more votes we get, the better the result will be. And we will come back to you with our recap of episode two. So just keep an eye out. Uh, we really appreciate your support. Uh, super excited to move forward with both the show and the podcast. And we got a lot of cool things coming for you guys. Uh, yeah, I'm just taken aback by the support we're getting it's very very awesome to see once again the engagement um i'm looking forward to the bracket to be honest yeah very much so fun so it'll be up very soon yep um so yeah just thank you guys and we'll see you next time peace